Welcome to the Tate Wheeler Podcast, a podcast about inspiration, perspective, and purpose. Let's do this. We all need to step out of our comfort zone in order to become stronger and grow. Today, I welcome back to the podcast, Derek Miller. You can go back and listen to Derek's full story on episode 11. You don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Derek is a small business owner, strategic account manager, wrestling coach. Derek is a husband and father of five children. Derek is one of my best friends, a brother to me, since we met back in 2002 on a wrestling mat at St. Cloud State University. Derek, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, man. Happy to be back. Today, we're going to talk about toughness, comfort zones, Murph Challenge, nonprofit, and more. So let's kick off with toughness. Uh, I know you're tough. We, we, well, you're, you're a wrestler. You got cauliflower ears. Of course you're tough. <laughs> Don't mess with the guy with cauliflower ears. But uh, I've seen you go through challenges, uh, especially when we were younger. I've seen you wrestle through torn cartilage in your ribs, a wide range of injuries. I've seen you on a bull. You were a bull rider. I've seen you almost die from a bull's horn catching you underneath your vest. Uh, so you know a thing or two about toughness. But I think, you know, people will hear that and they'll be like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to wrestle. I'm not going to get on a bull. And, uh, yeah, I'm not wrestling, you know, whatever else. But I think toughness today, and I think you and I are on the same page with this, but I'd love to hear your perspective, is a lot more mental than it is physical. Like our bodies can achieve almost anything. It's our darn mind that we have to convince. What are your thoughts? Yeah, as you were saying that, that is exactly what went through my head. Everything that you described was physical, physical toughness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there is such a vast difference between physical toughness and mental toughness. The older you get, the more clear things become. And I, I really strongly feel the, the more mentally tough you do become in coaching and in running businesses and, and, and being out in the, in the sales world, you kind of forget what, where, where you've came from and what you've learned. So when I'm coaching and I see a kid who's looking for an excuse, uh, hey, my, my ribs hurt, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it's not, you kind of forget that perspective of, okay, I, I was once that kid. Um, I, I know that I was very, very physically tough, but the things that held me back the most was my mental limitations. Like, you know, you can go out and beat a two-time Division One national champion and three matches later lose to a backup from a small Division three school. So mm-hmm. having those mental limitations and, and having losing that mental capacity is – it's and, a big difference. And do you think that that's built through the adversity or like through the challenges? I mean, how do you how do you feel like mental toughness or I mean, just let's not even differentiate mental versus physical, because I think we've just are already agreed that um, toughness is way more mental than it is physical. Um, how is mm-hmm. toughness built today? Like right now, someone listening is like, well, how do I build toughness? That's uh, a great question. If I could. uh you know, wrap that up. I think I'd be a pretty rich guy because I could sell it. <laughs> you know, I honestly, I don't think that there's one, one size fits all for that. I think you have to go through a lot of different experiences in your life and no, they're not all going to be, you know, sunshine and roses, but man, if, if you just learn to keep putting one foot in front of the other, um, and, and just thinking that tomorrow's going to be a new day and a better day, 
you, if you have that outlook, things are going to be much, much better for you. Yeah, I agree. I think so often we are just so um, focused on getting through whatever storm or adversity we're facing when in actuality that storm or adversity is is actually building that strength and toughness in us to get through whatever challenges are ahead. And I think, you know, I even look at it this time, like through a pandemic, no one, no one was untouched in some way, like either via job, someone in their family died, something happened. And there, there's an opportunity there where we could, you know, we just want to get back to how things were, but that's not going to happen. Like there was lessons in those struggles. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The, like, again, it goes back to the more struggles and the more things you encounter in life that are difficult, that are out of your comfort zone that you push through, you're only going to grow as a person from there. I, I can specifically remember back in, in my childhood I don't know why I can, but I was making a fort on top of a garage door, probably a really good idea in some <laughs> old barn that was on our property. And there was a spring on that garage door and it, I knew it was going to pinch my hand to take it off. But I just remember thinking this fort's going to be awesome <laughs> and this pain is only going to be temporary. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> it. You know, it's those little moments like that, that you can think back to where you're like, man, I was an idiot. That string would have went through my forearm. That could have ripped my whole arm off. <laughs> but, you know, I also, you know, another thing, it's not just you that that shapes your mental toughness. Um, you've, you've had your coach on before. Uh, I had a slew of great coaches. I had, you know, I had basically lived with Carter Turner all through high school, um, my high school wrestling coach, and mm-hmm. was great. You know, good guy. Let me stay there, especially when I was cutting weight. Um, I had another coach, Tom Johnson, who was a my middle school wrestling coach, you know, would, would make me do things until it was right. And I just remember crying, not, you know, like going around the room, I had to sprawl. I still to this day don't know how to sprawl, but we went through this drill and it was sprawl on everybody in the room. And when I got it right, then we could all leave. We were there till 635 that night and parents were coming down and I'm bawling and I'm crying. And, you know, it's just there's little situations like now today you'd probably get persecuted for doing something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's little situations like that that you push through that that shape shape how you are mentally. Well, I think you said something there um, that's key for someone listening. It's like, well, I don't you know, I don't know where to start on that toughness, get around somebody that's going to push you. And you and I are big believers. Um, You know, I own a health club, you own a a wrestling school um, of being around coaches that challenge you. And oftentimes you learn, even, you know, us, like coaches need to be coached too, right? Like we're the coach often now, but I learn from my other coaches, you know, constantly. And if you're not trying to learn, and pick up those pieces, you're, you're not going to grow. Very, very, very true. I, uh, as I coach, as I go through and I coach wrestling, I came back, um, to help our, the, the school that my kids go to this year to uh, coach middle school wrestling. And it was a very, it was a really good experience for me. One, cause I couldn't swear like I normally do. So <laughs> that was a change of communication style for me. And two, uh, you know, there's, there's much more emotion in a you know fifth through eighth grade boy than there is in a high school or co- collegiate level kid yep. and uh it's uh, it was a real game changer and 
I, it was very, very fulfilling and I enjoyed it immensely. But again, it was the mentality that I brought in on day one. I coached with Grandpa Mark Delander and Grandpa Mark's like, hey, we got to change some things up. And if I had, you know, if I'd have been me 15 years ago, I'd have been like, look, Mark, this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But he's been around the block and you have to listen. Like you have to, to be a great, a decent leader, you have to be an even better follower. And sometimes you just have to default to that. Right. Right. No, that's huge. I was, uh, I was looking up a couple quotes before and I think this Tim Grover uh, was Michael Jordan's uh, physical coach. He said, physical t- toughness determines what you can do. Mental toughness determines if you'll actually do it. And I think a lot of times people hear and they like, they like the idea of, of pushing themselves and challenging themselves and maybe even getting around people. But, you know, you just mentioned you're like 5 a.m. clock waking up tomorrow morning. Like you just worked, worked on your, your, your farm all day today. And that 5 a.m. clock is going to tick tomorrow. And like something's going to get you up and make you go through that grind again and, you know, push, push through a workout again. And when you're dog tired to still do it anyway, right? Like, that that's you got to put those reps in how does someone start to build those reps well i think you start to enjoy and this might sound a little foolish but you enjoy that pain you know you Hell enjoy yeah. that, I, that I, I do yes yeah absolutely so tomorrow is murph prep and it's a 20 minute amrap um, you know push-ups air squat i mean it's just it's all just murph prep and i'm looking forward to it one, because it's all body weight stuff, and I'm not that big a guy, so that's some of my favorite workouts. And two, because there's going to come a point in there, and, and this this sounds probably a little crazy, but there's going to come a point at about the maybe 10 to 12-minute mark of this 20-minute, as many reps as possible uh, workout that people are going to start fading off, and I know that I'm that's going to motivate me to just pick it up a little bit and that's that's like my favorite thing is to just you know just like in wrestling you see a little weakness well you're like a shark you better jump on it absolutely i think about that uh when i used to run races or do like the triathlon mix it's like you got that you're catching that person that's in front of you and all you have to do if they're if they start pushing their pace when you get beside them all you have to do is just go five seconds longer and once you pass them, they're not they're not catching you. You literally beat them in there. And I and and we're kind of getting more on the athlete side of things. And you but in life, there's so many opportunities that if you are just willing to go that extra five, ten seconds of suffering, you'll propel yourself forward in your career. You'll propel yourself forward as as a father. If you just have that five more seconds of patience that we all commonly need, you know, you, you're like, oh man, that felt better to handle it that way. than just imploding. Uh, there's so many chances there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very accurate. I think uh, what you just said, yeah, we did go to the athlete side, but I don't know that there's a huge difference between that and, and there's just not a big transition part of what I did as an athlete and what I do in the business world uh the things that make us you know decent salespeople is the ability to hear no 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 and not care and come back and like he said you know there's different kinds of toughness well that's kind of the dumb tough mm-hmm. where you're just dumb enough to keep coming back and <laughs> taking that beating but after that sixth seventh no 
you might break them down and get a little bit of a yes, and there's your win. Right. And and that's what it takes to be decent at sales. And if you can't handle that, then you're probably in the wrong line. Yeah, I think uh, anyone that's a salesperson listening to this, being in sales is is today's version of being an athlete. Like that's the career version of being an athlete because you it's it's just. You know, it's reps, it's reps, it's reps, it's reps, relationships, building, relationship, building, relationship, building. And then you're, you're going to get no, 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 no. But if you build the relationships and you put in the reps, you're going to get the yes. You build and then you still have to build upon that trust. But uh, definitely 100 percent. I agree. Let's take that into uh, comfort zones. Anyone who's heard me talk for 10 seconds knows that. I believe there's no progress made in our comfort zone. I've said that hundreds of times on the podcast over the last three years. And uh, you and I talk about this often as we coach and we can talk about it as a career and the workout as we parent. Why is it so important? And we hit on this a little bit, but why is it so important important to push the comfort zones in all areas of our life? Uh, well, I, you know, uh, one of the one example is I called you two weeks ago. And this is not career. This isn't sports. This is a father. My uh, daughter, I, I feel, is pretty gifted in gymnastics. Mm-hmm. And she's getting better. And, you know, it's going great. And I'm having a ton of fun. But she's scared. She's scared. She fell off when she was jumping from the low bar to the high bar. And it's been three months. And she's looked for every excuse to not jump from the low bar to the high bar. And so I called you and said, hey, how many gains are made when you stay in your comfort zone? Mm-hmm. And you said, none. And I said, perfect. That's all I needed. I'll talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> you know, and, you know, different, a little different story. But when you, if you're willing to stay in that, if you want to stay in that comfort zone, that's okay. And, you know, people like me and you, and there's going to be vultures that like that. But if you're willing to step outside of that comfort zone, that's where you're going to grow. And that's where you're going to be competitive in, in everyday life and growth as a human growth as a father, growth as a, as a co-worker, uh, growth as a leader. When, when you're willing to pony up and say, you know what, I'm not right here, Tim. Why don't you uh, help me lead this team? You know, mm-hmm. you're doing a great job. Um, when you take that step back and, and you say, well, I need help. That mm-hmm. usually, you know, nine out of 10, maybe 99 out of 100 times uh, means more to the team or means more to you as an individual and you'll listen better and, and understand at a deeper level. Yeah. I think, uh, now more than ever, we need authenticity, right? We need true, honest self. People have been sold the BS for too long. And I think the most, um, like almost like fulfilling thing or the, like it just feels so good when someone's just authentic, like you can feel it and they're not afraid to be a little bit vulnerable. They're not afraid to say that, hey, I need a little bit of help here. And they're not afraid to say, say, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to listen and learn and grow. And it's and it's and sometimes, you know, we're both in leadership roles. We feel like we have to have all the answers. No, you don't. You just have to be able to facilitate and understand that ask great questions and, you know, have a vision. You've got to be able to cast vision as a leader, but you just have to be able to ask great questions and help steer people in the right direction. You can't lead someone somewhere if they don't know where you're going. And so, yeah, you have to have vision, but it, you do have to be willing to just step out of that comfort zone and realize that, you, we, like we talked about already, you don't have all the answers. Any other thoughts on just comfort zones? Uh, you know, not probably not a ton other than, 
like just going back to it, like you say it, I say it all the time. If if the the largest gains are made outside of your comfort zone, and you know part of what what we talk about in this workout that that you did 31 days in a row last year, and I think you're linking up to do it again. Um, you know when I first started doing that workout, it was like insurmountable amount of work, and it was crazy. And I did it with you four or five times last year, and now I look at it, and it's just another day. And mm-hmm. you know, so that was not in my comfort zone to put a 20 pound vest on and go do a trillion pull-ups and tear my hands apart and a bajillion air squats <laughs> when my mobility and knees always a fat, you know, a limiting mm-hmm. factor and you know all those push-ups. But now it's just it's another you know 30 35 minute workout and go get it done and go on with the day. Right, exactly. And uh, that'll bring us, let's talk about the Murph Challenge. So uh, year two, last year we kicked off a nonprofit. Uh, Derek's on our board of directors for Every Day We Fight. And the Murph Challenge is a hero wad. It's dedicated to Lieutenant Michael Murphy. He served as a Navy SEAL. It was his favorite workout. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's an incredible honor. I mean, to see people... Uh, what off the Murph website, it says, it's tradition that helps us, tradition that helps us, and pushes us, humbles us, and allows us the opportunity to dedicate a little bit of pain and sweat to honor Lieutenant Michael P. Murphy, a man who sacrificed everything for our freedom. And uh, yeah, I love it because I think for me, when I did it the first time, I got crushed so badly too. And anytime I get crushed in by something, I you have to embrace sucking at something to to like again it's out of your comfort zone you got to be like the more the more things you can do that you're not great at and then you can come back and like learn from it and grow from it that's what the murph challenge was for me it made me get that mental that like those college wrestling practices those two a day football workouts those toughest mixes it brought it all back for me is that what it did for you the first couple times <laughs> I- I don't remember because I was thinking about how bad it sucked. Uh, it, uh, you know, it was just, it was a ton of work. And uh, I just remember thinking about how painful it was. And, you know, by that 300 air, 300th air squat with a weighted vest on, after you're done with 100 pull-ups and 200 push-ups and a mile run, and it's, then it was time to go out for that, that second mile. And I just remember duck walking, like, why are my legs working? What's going mm-hmm. on here? And and I kind of knew once I was about at the halfway point of that second mile that I really, really liked this. I love the cause. You know, my dad put 23 years of, mm-hmm. of time in the military, so it kind of holds a, a pretty special spot in my heart. My uncle, my cousin, uh, everybody was in the military in my family. So it really, it resonates. It means something. Yeah. Um, and the workout is... I. If you're going to pick one to do and do a whole bunch, it's that's definitely the one because it's there is so much a deep meaning behind it. Yeah, that's why I love it, too. And, um, you know, I don't I think when when we started the nonprofit, we were like, let's make sure we donate to um, the Murph Challenge. And every year I, I make that personal contribution um, in there. And then last year, the 30 days following doing it again, just finding everyday fighters battling cancer, mental health. Um, of Parkinson's, of wide variety of issues of, uh, you know, they lost a child to cancer. Uh, it, it was 
incredible to do that. You did so many with, you did one a week with me, which I was so grateful for to not always <laughs> suffer alone. And I, people keep asking me, are, are you going to do it again? And I said, yeah, if there's people to help, we need to do it again. We were just able to, you, you said on the board meeting, uh, we're going to over, we've already sent out some dollars and over the next couple days here, we're going to send out $4,000 to fighters from last year. And um, this year we want to be able to give even more. And so there's people battling real fights right now uh, and we need to help more people. So uh, we use those dollars. We send the people that we nominate and we're going to ask you to nominate a fighter uh, from the show notes in this link. If you know somebody battling uh, cancer, you know somebody that needs a lift, you need, you know somebody that's battling mental health, it's May is Mental Health Awareness Month, let's get a dedication day to them and help them and lift them and send them some funds that they can use to, we call it fitness, food and fellowship, that fitness is mental and physical fitness, food is feeling your body with the right things and fellowship is getting involved in a community, a small group, a, a gym, a something that brings you into community. You're not meant to fight alone. Isolation, separation uh, make, a, make us weak. Community, tribe, that makes us strong. And so why we're doing it again. And uh, we'll, we'll add a couple little links and tweaks to it this year where if you nominate somebody, like let's say uh, Derek had a friend he was nominating. Derek's sister actually nominated somebody last year. But we get an opportunity to contribute in some way to their dedication workout. So uh, let's say Derek and I have a friend that we're nominating together. We could split it right down the middle. You know, we could, I, I, I will do what I, I'll, I'll do it all if I need to. But, um, you know, someone can contribute 15 squats, 10 pushups, you know, whatever it is. And it's our team time and just lifting that person up. What are your thoughts on that, D? Um, I, I think it's a great idea, obviously. I can think of a couple people off the top of my head that I think have great stories and, you know, uh, probably open it up a little bit. But the thing that scares me most in life is uh, a child, one of my, you know, my kids becoming sick. Mm -hmm. I used to be so scared to fail, like fail as a husband, fail at work. Um, you know, and is it, it turns out, you know, work's not a very big portion of your life. You're there a lot. Um, but you know, like I said to you before, they'll have your job (laughs) listed again by tomorrow. So your work doesn't necessarily matter so much as as your family and your friends and and your community and i i just think it's great to get those stories out um and i think a lot of times it helps if if you you might not even know that someone's sick or fighting or battling and you get that story out there and it just you know uh, if you are the one that's going through it helps you fight that a little bit more and know that people are on your side and they're supporting you yeah, I think it, it gives it gives them a lift, the person that's fighting the battle. And then we think in life that, um, you know, we're going to just dig ourselves out of this, whatever we're facing. You know, it, we're not – there's people going through cancer battles and mental health battles and all those things. And we, we all face everyday stress. Maybe we face anxiety ourselves, whatever it is. But a big part of getting ourselves out of our own battles every day is we – we get out of stuff by lifting others. Like when we lift others up, it lifts ourselves up at the same time. It makes us be better people. It makes us be better um, husbands and fathers because we get an opportunity to set an example, to create a relationship. Uh, You said something so important there. Like, yeah, we 
a third of our life will be spent working. And a lot of us find our purpose in our work. But if you if you look back on those years and you don't have relationships, you have no nothing, right? Like it's all about relationships. The quality of your relationships in your life determine your happiness in life, you know, your fulfillment in life, your gratitude in life. And so uh, that's a powerful statement you kind of just mixed in there with uh, with work because uh, both of us are recovering workaholics, I would say, <laughs> to, yep. and, and, and we fight that every day still. Like, you know, you and I are grinders. We love the grind of work, but at the same time, not at the expense anymore. Um, at, at one point in our lives, in our early in our career, we were probably grinding to a point where it was um, at the expense of our, you know, significant others, you know, of our wives and all of those things. I'm grateful now that I no longer make that trade off. Um, you know, certainly there's times where work takes you away, but um, I cherish all of those dad moments and that time with my wife. What about you? Oh, it's much more fulfilling. I can guarantee you that uh, being at a volleyball game is much, much, I get a much better sense of feeling than I do that when I'm sitting around a, a, a table at a happy hour or a dinner. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss those volleyball games. And my dad, uh, you know, he carried the load for the family, my family, and traveled, you know, five or six days a week. But I, I don't know that he ever missed a wrestling match. I don't mm-hmm. think he ever missed a baseball game, a football game. You know, it was he was always there for the stuff that he must have just known that I, I knew it was important and, and I would like to, you know, do the same. And year, a few years ago, I wasn't on that path. And now it's it's much different. Yeah. And it's much more fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can summarize toughness, comfort zones, purpose in life, uh, relationships, like a key takeaway or two for someone listening, thinking like, what you know, what's my next step forward out of this conversation? What what should I do to better myself and my life moving forward from either pushing myself mentally, physically, pushing my comfort zone, building upon a relationship? What's a key takeaway from Derek? Uh, probably a couple. One is to just take the step. Um, you know, and it's much easier said than done. But until you put one foot in front of the other, nothing happens. Mm. And, you know, I I think that's pretty key and pretty crucial. And uh, this is a little different flavor here, but uh, I told Wiley we were best friends the other day, my my boy. And uh, and he goes, what's a friend? And I said, I told him a friend is someone who's always rooting for you and always supporting you. And he said, "Okay, we're friends or something, you know, something along those lines. And it was so simple and it was so easy. But then uh, my one of my other daughters came down and, and she said, Dad, that makes an awful lot of sense. And I said, honey, if you got somebody that's not supporting you or isn't rooting for you, you need to dump them out of your life. And I just think that the world's a plenty big enough place to find someone who's going to support you in the things you do and not, not be jealous of what you're doing. It, you know, it, you, me, a couple other guys from college, we've, we've done okay. You know, it's not, I don't, wouldn't say you're where you want to be, where you're going to be. I know you're not where you're going to be because I know what you got on the docket and I know what you got coming and I know how hard you work mm-hmm. and we're not where we want to be, but things are, are pretty, pretty well. And I think we've isolated our group of, of people that we, we interact with to the people that, that know 
not not only am I going to come and help you change a tire on the side of I-94 in the middle of January, you know, I know, I know I can count on you for that. I know you can count on me for that. But deep down inside, I want to be in relationships with people that want to see me and my family succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. I love that, D. Uh, and I love it because, uh, like, that's what true friendship is, right? Like, people that are cheering you on, lifting you up, they're going to tell you what you need to hear, uh, not not just what you want to hear. You don't want to just surround yourself with people that just tell you what you want to hear. I mean, we we have real conversation. I'm so grateful for the growth <laughs> that we've had over the last 20 years. And um, we, we've been friends for a long time, but our strength in friendship is just as strong, if not stronger than it's ever been, because uh, we realize what's important, the most important things in our life. And we're centered around those same things. And I think someone listening, just are you, do you have people in your circle that have the same core values? Like Derek and I are husbands and we're fathers and we're men of faith. You know, we have a, you know, we want to have a relationship with God. Like that, that aligns us like, right. Like those are like our rooted core values. And, you know, are we going to be honest and men of integrity? Are we going to um, say what we're going to do? Are we going to follow through? And those things really matter. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a powerful thing. I love that takeaway D. Thanks. <laughs> All right. As we, <laughs> as we, as we close up, uh, we're a week away from the Murph Challenge. We're going to help 31, 32 fighters this year. So we're going a day longer. Folks listening today. I just, I just say, you know, if you want, if you, if you're even thinking about nominating someone, don't, don't hesitate. Um, mm-hmm. Last year was was a, a really unique experience, and I got to be a part of it, and it was pretty exciting when I'd come in and ask, well, who, who are we doing it for today? And um, the one time that I came, you said we were doing it for my sister's friend who actually passed away, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, like you said, it can be so moving to, to feel like you're, see that someone's fighting for you, running, working, sweating. It just, it, it makes you feel a ton better. So if you're thinking about nominating someone, I wish you would, because it's, it's a lot of fun uh, to see them picked up and lifted through this one small little thing that we can do. Absolutely, buddy. I love it. I love it. That was, We did have that moment, too, when I told you, you. You didn't know who the nomination was that day. And when I told you, you were like, ooh, all right. And then we were, I mean, we got after it. We got after it. And there's, yeah. like, you know, those times where I could tell it was like it, it gave you that heart check moment. And I saw, like, we looked at each other, like, midway through in the suffering. And it was like, all right, we're going to dig in. We're going to dig in. Yeah, Luckily, it was 100% humidity and about 74 that morning, so it was perfect, perfect conditions. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So a week away from the Murph, uh, see the show notes for details on how to nominate a fighter and just follow um, the stories on social. If you, you know, you're not ready to nominate somebody, follow the stories on social. Maybe see somebody that um, you know inspires you, that gives you a lift. Um, helps you get through what you're going through, make a comment that means something to them, um, keep them in your prayers. All of those things matter. And so we're just asking you to lock arms with us and be a part of this journey to help people um, through real life-changing battles. And uh, we're going to come out of the other side of this stronger together. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, brother. All right. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Love you too. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, everybody. Remember to see the show notes to nominate a fighter for this year's Everyday We Fight nominees. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode on the podcast, remember to leave a review and connect with us on social. Share it with a friend, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.